Welcome to another episode of The 1970. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the circus that is Paris Saint-Germain, and joining me as always is Mark Damon. Mark, how are you holding up amidst all this chaos in the world right now? Well, you know, Wednesday was, a, you know, it was election part two. I think we're on election part four now. So I wasn't as, like, focused about the, the game going into it because obviously there's more important things going on in the United States. You know, I, wa- I obviously watched it, and um, right after, I think I just went right back to the election stuff because it's just... You're talking like, the Leipzig game, which we'll get into. Yeah, it just... We'll talk about it. Yeah, if 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 um if anybody can get a redo, hopefully PSG would want a redo against Leipzig because that was atrocious, and uh, and that's where we want to talk. Uh, that's that's where we want to begin. Lawyers. What's that? We can get some of Trump's lawyers, and they can do some. <laughs> we can we can we can get a recount on that. Stop yeah. counting the goals. That's PSG's new strategy. Yes, it should. Be. Well, the real. PSG's real strategy right now is stop scoring the goals because they haven't scored goals in three minutes. It's 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 so sad. So we're gonna let's start there. Let's start with the Leipzig two uh, one. The Germans beat uh, PSG um, on the road. PSG went uh, it go well. This is a team that PSG beat pretty handily uh, in the semifinals of the Champions League, and then they, you know, they went up a great start from Angel Di Maria scored in the sixth minute, and then. You know, Nkuku scored in the 41st, former PSG player, once again, coming back to haunt PSG. And then Emil Forsberg with the penalty in the 57th minute. And then at the end, as if the goals and the loss wasn't bad enough, I mean, we had two players uh, pick up a second yellow. It was Idrissa Gay and, and President Kempebe. And as everyone always says with this team, it's not bad enough that you lose. But then they just go out so spectacularly and just, like, lose their minds and get sent off and you and they finish with nine players it's just it's an embarrassment and you can't blame anyone but the coach for him to allow the players to be playing like that to come out so underwhelming and underprepared and get run off the pitch by a team that they should be better than um you know psg were down they didn't have neymar and i don't yeah mbappe wasn't there so where do you want to take this game another loss in the champions league um PSG will get to face them again at home at the Parc de Princes in, in a must-win, which we can forecast that a little bit later. But that is an absolute must-win. PSG are in third place in their group stage, and they're staring at the Europa League. So I'll hand it over to you. Where do you want to start with this game? Look, I I, I fully understand that I, I may be starting to get into DT and Troops territory, where the whole you know, Tuchel getting fired thing is sort of becoming shtick. It's time to I'm, go. That's it's the... time to go. I know. I'm, aware, <laughs> I'm fully aware of, of that this is starting to become shtick for me. But it's not any less true. And here's the thing. There's a sort of small picture analysis, which is just you want to look at this game. And then there's sort of the big picture that I've been talking about for two months now. We'll start with the we'll start with the small picture. We'll start with the game on Wednesday. I thought it was a really good first half, all things considered for PSG. They played exactly the way they needed to. They pressed hard. They were giving effort. They were trying to get the ball ahead. Some long balls to Moise Keane, who was really good. Um, defensively, they were holding up pretty well. They really weren't giving Leipzig all that many opportunities. There were a few in the first 10 minutes, but it was Leipzig were peppering the goal. But then 
you know, Tuchel does a good job getting the team through that first half. And unfortunately, they gave that goal up at the end of the half. And you could clearly see that the game was starting to turn. Very clearly, you can see Leipzig figuring it out. And essentially what Leipzig decided to do was play an incredibly high line, like the way Bayern played. They basically played them the way Bayern did in the final, where they played an incredibly high line, and they basically dared PSG to play balls over the top of it. And, you know, PSG had two goals disallowed due to clear offsides. But that, you know, that offside trap they were playing, that high line was working for Leipzig. And PSG did not have the kind of passing ability to play themselves out of it. And it was clear that, you know, maybe playing Rafinha the whole game wasn't the right call. Maybe what Tuchel did in the first half, and I wouldn't even say maybe, I would say it was definitely the right move to try to get out of that first half with a stalemate. And they did. The problem here and where this thing went totally off the rails is that Tomas Tuchel in that second half, when you know that it's a game you really need to win, when you know that there have to be adjustments made, even if you don't have all the horses necessary to, you know, to really, you know, change the game, but you have, you have options. Rafinha was on the bench Kais Ruiz was on the bench, and anytime he's come on, he's looked good. Bandigu, I don't even know how to say his first name, but Bandigu Fadiga, yeah, he was on the bench. Leandro Paredes, who I guess if he wasn't fit to play, why the hell was he on the? Why the hell was he on the the team? Yeah, if he wasn't going to use him. Why was he there? It is a real question that an actual journalist might actually ask Tomas Tuchel, as opposed to you know, him deciding that he's just going to talk down to all the journalists because he thinks he knows better than everybody, even after his team fucking loses. <laughs> and it's, he does, he makes no change in the first 25 minutes. They give up a goal, I think in like the 55th minute off the handball uh, penalty, which was the right call. Kimpembe used his arm to control the ball and to put it down. That's a clear penalty. It's not even close. Um, yeah, it was in Cuckoo scored in the 41st and then Forsberg, yeah, the penalty in the 57th. You wait, till the, you wait essentially to make, here's what, ha- again, it, this, it's almost beyond description, this, what happens here. Red Bull scores in the 54th minute. He doesn't make a change. After Red Bull take the lead, knowing you have to get another goal, makes no change. Then he allows Idrissa Gay to stay on the field with a yellow card. Adrisa Gay picks up kind of a cheapy yellow and gets sent off in the 67th minute. Tuchel still doesn't make a change. And then finally, about five minutes later, he makes a change. He made a change. Uh, what was it? The 70. I'm pulling it up now. In the 70, 73rd minute, he brought on Bakker for Kurzawa. He brought on the fullbacks. <laughs> and he brought on Kara for Sarabia. Fullbacks. For what reason? I have no idea what he thought was why. Like there was, you're losing the game and you're down to 10 men and your move is to bring on the two different fullbacks. That's your move. And Ruiz, who and, had is a great playmaker, has had a, a lot of really nice passes in, a, in dangerous areas, got zero minutes. Why the hell is he on the roster <laughs> if he's not going to play? What is he there to do? He's, he's there to literally sit on the bench. 
it's it's mind blowing that in a game where they had to win it or really pretty much had to win it, your coach essentially quits on the team and just says, "Whatever, we're just gonna run, we're gonna run it out, we're gonna run the clock out here." I guess we, you know we'll get out of here down two one or something. I don't know what his mindset was, and he he believes that he's unaccountable to anybody. So God forbid anyone asks him and he gave a straight answer about it. But then he waits till the 83rd minute to bring on uh, Rafinha. And what, what the hell is that going to do at that point? You, you, what are you going to give him, seven minutes to, to change the game or to, or to get something going? And then Kimpembe picks up a ridiculous yellow, which I'm not blaming on Tuchel, which was just all Kimpembe being an idiot at that point. Because the game was lost, there was no reason to pick that card up and cost yourself the next game. Because now, apparently, since Marquinhos is forever a midfielder because he's the heart and soul of the team or some bullshit like that, you're going to have, like, Diallo and Kerr play center back in the must-win Champions League game in three <laughs> weeks. Like, what is this? Like, this is a this is a horror show. It's, this is a clown show. It's a circus. It's it's 100% a circus. Let me this ask you. Let me ask you this. I'm just looking at the two squads lining up. Leipzig has a better team. Like, I'm just looking at, the, you know, with Keane and Sarabia, Di Maria, Marquinhos, maybe Marquinhos, but, like, you look at Leipzig's team, I would have, I would rather have a lot of those players than our players. With the exception of maybe Marquinhos and, and Di Maria, I would take all of their players. Maybe Kempembe I would keep, but everyone else, give me Leipzig. They They have a better team. Yeah, but even with that, even though they had the better team and they were playing at home, again, PSG still had a chance. They had a chance to get – if they got a point out of that, it would have been a – Massive. I'd be celebrating if we got a point out of that match. Would and the PSG had a golden opportunity to get a point out of that match. Even You know what? Go with a back five. Yeah. Protect the 1-1. I don't know. Do fucking something. They'd be level on points with Leipzig if they got a point out of that. Yes, don't you just sit there and do nothing. It's huge. Like, I don't, I, it, it boggles, I was sitting there and it just boggled my mind. Like, does he care anymore? Is there an incentive for him to, I don't know, I, I, I can't explain why that second half happened the way it did. It was coaching malpractice. It was a travesty. It was sabotage. It was utter sabotage. There's no way a living, breathing there. Hell, I've been hard on Pochettino over the years, but there's no way in hell Mauricio Pochettino does that. I'm sorry, there's no way Max Allegri does that. There's no way any coach that's invested in his job does what Tuchel did on Wednesday. It, I'm sorry. It's it, almost it, like I, he wants to get fired. I mean, he did he's get the daring them to fire him. <laughs> And because I think because he he's going to million euro yeah, settlement exactly or something like that exactly I think he's going to get a huge payday I think he's over the spotlight that is Paris Saint Germain I think he's over French football league on he's complained about it playing at night and the referees and everything he's, I don't think he likes the league I don't think he likes the spotlight anymore and he wants that payday and it's all and he and he he doesn't get along with Leonardo and I just feel like. I don't know if he's purposely trying to sabotage, but I don't think he's giving like a hundred percent effort in making the best decisions to get at least the point, which you should have been able to get at Leipzig. And so it makes you wonder: like, is he just like asking them to fire him? He wants the paycheck and be able to move on. He maybe he sees that Manchester United job coming open, thinking he could be like Unai Emery going from 
PSG over to the Premier League, potentially. Dude, dude, he's over. He's over this. You can tell because Tom. Again, I've said a lot of things about Thomas Tuchel. He is not stupid. He is a very smart man, and he understands that he took that team as far as he could to that Champions League final. He's not getting higher than that. And I'm sorry, the excuse making, the arrogance, the lack of imagination in the face of adversity, and just the the condescending nature of what he does when he talks to the media, you know... Like, I don't know why Marquinhos... I don't know why you think that Marquinhos is a centre-back. When he's played centre-back for five years, and all of a sudden he's a midfielder now... He doesn't play midfield for Brazil. No, he doesn't play (laughs) midfield for for Brazil. They're kind of good. this idea that, again, that you have the two of the best offensive players of your generation, and Kylian Mbappe hasn't scored in six straight Champions League matches, or seven straight, and... Neymar hasn't scored in five straight, and you're telling me that that's normal, that that's okay, that any coach would survive that? And I, and you know what? I'm gonna. You all know my opinion on Tuchel. We'll talk about replacements later. Yeah. But here's the thing: that was a weakened squad. The players did about as well as they could. Di Maria may be at the point where he's just a bit too over the hill to sort of carry a team by himself. Yeah. I think that's becoming pretty clear. Sarabia is a replacement level player. He's not a difference maker, I think, unless he has real talent around him. Moise Keane is so raw. There were about three or four chances where he had a real opportunity to get a goal and just couldn't put it together. Like he, you know, he has like the, he knows the words, but he can't put the sentence together. But he's right there. And he gave his effort, and he was working his ass off. He's, Can't really complain about that. He's so good. He's so talented. Yeah, but you know, and you want to notice, notice something too. Notice when the first two games, when Florenzi was there, that he crossed the ball into the box, and then essentially, I think Tuchel told him never to do that again. So now <laughs> Florenzi's just like every other fullback they have that doesn't cross. You noticed that, right? I did. Yeah, and, and the first two games. <laughs> He just crosses the ball every, you know, he gets the ball, he runs and he crosses. And that's how you, you don't, here's the, here's the thing. And this is sort of the philosophical thing that I think we have to talk about here. When we talk about the big picture of this, Tomas Tuchel is a quantity, not a quantity, sorry. He's a qual. he wants quality chances. When you score in Champions League with quantity of chances, and this is a problem that this team has. They don't generate scoring opportunities. They don't even generate them when they have their star players on the field because everything is built around. Again, if we want to talk about what the philosophy is, you can see the philosophy in the way that PSG use their fullbacks. They don't cross. They just are allergic to crossing the ball. And it's clear that they don't do it enough and they need to do it more. Anytime Florenzi gets the ball on the wing, Near the, near the final third, there should be a cross in the box and there should be people crashing into the box because there are good things that can happen. You draw a penalty, deflection, own goal, ball gets batted around, and they don't cross because Tuchel doesn't have his fullbacks crossed. They haven't crossed for years now. Like the last guy that actually crossed was Danny Alves, and that's because, you know, who is Tomas Tuchel to tell Danny Alves what to do? Yeah. But besides that, he doesn't cross. Munier didn't cross. Florenzi didn't, you know, Kurzawa doesn't cross. Bernard doesn't, doesn't cross. cross. 
Bernat doesn't cross. They don't cross the ball. And it's like, you got to give yourself a chance to score. They only cross when the game's already over and they're desperate. They don't use it like Liverpool do as sort of an offensive tactic. Hey, I was just about to say, watch Trent Alexander-Arnold when he's got the ball sprinting down, crossing to the box, crossing to the box. And yeah. he, what makes him so good is that he's so, that that's like his thing, that he can deliver the ball on point in a dangerous area and almost always it leads to a goal. That's why he's so good. And Florenzi's not Trent Alexander-Arnold, but you know what? He gets the ball in the box and he's usually fairly accurate. You have to... You have to create scoring chances. You have to, at this level, you can't just pass the ball into the back of the net like Barcelona did in the mid-2000s. It's not going to work. It doesn't work in modern football. What modern football is, is the is he's got part of modern football, but he doesn't have the other part of modern football. The part of modern football that he has is the, is the you know, the Jurgen Klopp, Gegenpresse kind of thing where you get high up and you press high and you work hard and you try to force turnovers. But he doesn't have the other part, which is the create chances part. Create chance after chance. After, you have to keep creating chances. You can't just wait for the perfect chance. And it feels like PSG too often in their midfield are just sort of passing the ball around. And when Paredes is not in there or Neymar is not in there, there's no thought of just making that pass. And maybe they're not talented enough to without those guys in there. But Jesus Christ, someone has to try. Yeah. And to, to wait 83 minutes to bring on Rafinha, who maybe could do that for you, is just, it's absurd. Well, you're it, chasing a point to hopefully maybe get into the knockout stage. Yeah, you got to bring in Rafinha earlier, bring in Ruiz. You got to do something sooner. You're chasing a point on the road against a talented team. You gotta mix it up. You can't wait till there's under ten minutes to go. It's it's insane. So let, and, go ahead. And it's clear that it's clear that the cohesion between the sporting director and the and the coach is, isn't there. It's just clear. And here's the thing: it's like no, Leonardo should not be fired. That's stupid because Leonardo has yet to actually pick his coach. Like if Leonardo picks a coach and then they fail, and he, and he wastes whatever money he he will have in the next window and they don't get good players, and they still are in this shape, then yeah, fire Leonardo, whatever. But Leonardo's been too good for PSG over too many different spans of time to just say that he's the problem. The problem is an uninspired, tired, unimaginative team. That's the problem. And it's been that way since the final. I think there's a there's been a lag from the final, and it's clear. And I, and, and I said this you know, after they lost to Marseille. I said this in the first half of Marseille because sometimes you can look at the XG and you can look at the stats and you can say, well, you know, the goals are coming. You know, eventually they'll start scoring those goals. They're getting chances, but they're not finishing them. But here's the thing. Human evolution is dictated that we as a species have an incredible sense of impending doom and danger. We sense patterns really well. And we as a species have seen patterns over the many millennia. And in football, as a fan, we know when the team is going downhill. This isn't hard. You don't look at the stats. That's not what you look at. You look at the faces of the players. You look at the, the effort they give. You look at the, the way, they're, their way they're communicating. You look at the focus. And what that team showed to me against Marseille 
was that that team was declining and it was obvious because you could see it because you could sense it because yes our sense of sense and our sense of recognizing patterns is more is more important to our survival as a species than looking at a spreadsheet and going you know oh the xg is this so psg will eventually revert to the mean they have not reverted to the mean they've gotten worse and we've wasted two months of our lives with Tuka winning these meaningless league unmatches, you know, two nothing, one nothing, three one, and then these Champions League games where they lose to Manchester United in a game they should not have lost. They lose in a game they they beat Istanbul Besiktas here or whatever the hell they're called. They beat them two nil because Moise Keane decided to have a good day, and only because Moise Keane decided to have a good day. And they beat Manchester they, United, so we could have lost that. I mean, that that's a decent team. Maybe, but still, they didn't look good against Bishakshi here. Did you see that first half was terrible? Oh, yeah, 100%. They've played... They've played... They didn't play a good first half against United. A bad second half. Bad first half against Bishakshi here. Good second half. Good first half against Red Bull. Bad first second half. So they've played six halves of Champions League football this year. And only two of them have been good. Yeah. And not only and that. you're trying if... to tell me that allowing this guy to then coach more quarters, more halves of Champions League, is somehow going to make this look better? That they're somehow going to get all their play. This is a fantasy pipe dream. <laughs> that they're going to get all their players back, and that all their players are going to come together, and they're going to hold hands, and they're going to... You know, they're going to do some magical spiritual chant and they're all going to get on the same page. They're all going to stay healthy for three weeks and they're all going to they're going to win every one of those games and they're going to get 12 points and they're going to qualify. That's a pipe dream. One stumble and they're out. They have to win every game. They cannot lose a they, they cannot lose or draw any of those games. They have to win all of them. And there's no reason to think that any of these people are going to be fully healthy coming back they're going to be coming off international breaks where somehow Neymar is going to play after injuring his groin he's going to play the international games and Mbappe is going to play the international Mm -hmm, games mm -hmm. and then they're going to come back and probably someone's going to tweak a hamstring or a calf and you're going to and you know Marco Verratti will get hurt again because he hasn't been healthy all year and are, are we legitimately expecting them to to pull this together, what kind of miracle no. wish thinking are we looking for here? No, it, it can happen, but it's it, it would go against anything that we have seen so far. So here's the big general point: Do you let Thomas Tuchel drive this thing into the ground, which is what he's doing, or do you throw the hail mary pass now, which is what you need to do? They need to throw a hail mary. They need to get a new coach in and hope that it works. And it might not work. And they may be in the Europa League. And then if they're in the Europa League, they're going to have to win every game in the Europa League and win the Europa League or it'll be a complete failure. And maybe you get some momentum for your new coach that way by winning the Europa League. I don't know. We're not at that point yet. But this isn't getting better, folks. It's not. And the longer they wait and the longer they bite this bullet, just take out a fucking loan and fire the guy and pay him off 
and be done with it. Seriously, be done with it. Because it's only tanking this thing. And then you go to the Europa League, you got no chance of keeping Neymar. You have no chance of keeping Kylian Mbappe at all. You have zero chance of keeping Mbappe at that point. I don't even think those guys will lower themselves to playing Europa League matches. You really think Neymar is going to waste his body in the in the Europa League playing, you know... Sparta, Praha? <laughs> no, really. Like, come on now. Like, that would be... You just play a youth team at that point. Honestly, I would just play the youth team. What would be the point? It'd be a waste. Everything you're saying they is... They have three games to save no. it. They have three games to save it. And they can save it. But they're probably not going to as long as they have this coach in place because this coach has sapped. He has no confidence. This team has very little confidence. They're playing people out of position. There's a, there's open friction between the head coach and the sporting director. Leonardo brings in a defensive midfielder to play six so that Marquinhos can go to center back where he's supposed to be. And Tuchel just says, nah, forget that. And plays Danilo, who may have played center back 20 times in his whole career. Mind you, he's nearly 30. And you're asking him to play center back with Kimpembe? You're asking, you know, it, it's absurd. it's ridiculous. It's clownish. It's absolutely clownish. Yeah. And the idea that you're playing Mitchell Bacher in every single league on match, and he's doing a half-decent job, and then you just decide to bring on Kurzawa for the Champions League matches. Why? Because he's so good? Well, what's the point of that? Why not bring the guy on that has some freaking rhythm who's actually progressing in your system? Why are we wasting time with Kurzawa in these spots? It, there's just so much to this. There's so much nonsense. And this team needs a kick in the ass. And it's not going to get a kick in the ass by just letting Tuchel, you know, do his Hamlet routine and, you know, the team falls into a ditch. Am I wrong here? I, I, no, I, I, I agree. I, say at this point. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I almost wonder if Tuchel has already been told that he's going to be sacked. But here's what I think. This might be a little conspiracy theory, but I think that they not, they're not going to bring in a manager right now with this team teetering on the edge of dropping into the Europa League. That would just make the new manager look really bad I and mean, he could lose the rest of the team right away. So what if they're saying, you know, if, even if you get to the knockout stage, we're going to sack you and then bring in a new guy almost like Bayern Munich did um, by bringing in Flick and then that ended up working out. So I almost wonder if Tuchel knows that he's kind of like a lame duck coach at this point and he's just like, whatever, I'm just going to throw out. I'm not really going to try hard, whatever. And and so and and that's what PSG are thinking. Now, if they drop into the Europa League, then maybe they just let Tuchel finish out the season. Maybe that's less money they have to pay him. I don't know. But I think it's difficult to bring in a coach right now with so much turmoil going on. We had uh, Jonathan Johnson on the podcast, and he was talking about you're going to have to pay Tuchel a lot of money, and then you're going to have to if you want to bring in Allegri, if you want to bring in a Pochettino, they're not going to come in here for free. You're going to have to pay them. And then they're going to expect major signings to mold the team, to fill the gaps in their own vision. PSG don't have that money right now. Sure, maybe if they can sell Mbappe for $300 million, then you can build whatever team you want. But no other team has that kind of money. 
So you're kind of like hamstrung. I hate to say that because Mbappe is such a good player, but with him and Neymar, you're not able to make the type of signings that you need to get a well-rounded team. And so a manager would be coming in here with a whole lot of turmoil and not being able to bring in the players that they want. And I just don't know if those two top-tier managers are going to be interested when you know the Manchester United job could be open and who knows what other job may open up. So it's a really interesting situation. They're, they're on a precipice here. I think you have to take the risk because I don't see this get – it's not getting better. So either you, you do nothing and you die or you try something to save your life. But if you are Allegri or Pochettino, would you come to this team right now? Say they sack Tuchel right now. Would you come in knowing you have to win all three Champions League games and you may not have Neymar and Mbappe for all three of them? Who knows well, with their injuries? No, you you do because you're not just going in for this year. You're going. You're setting the stage for the next. Again, it's to me. It's like and how I'd sell it is: look, you're going to be the coach for the rest of this year and for the following two years. So even if you don't get through to the Champions League, we're not blaming this on you. It's not your fault. Obviously, it's Tuchel's fault. We're not, bl- we're not blaming it on you. We're blaming it on the last coach. That's yeah. why he's not here anymore. That's why, you, you know, that's why you are here. So even if you don't make the Champions League, take this year, look at the players you have, and let us know after seeing them for six months and training with them for six months which ones you want and which ones you don't. And then in the transfer window, we can start building the team that you want based off of the evidence that we have. In fact, I'd argue this is the perfect time to bring in a coach like Pochettino or Allegri. But I just don't know if they will, and that's why I just had a premonition here. Well, no, if you sell it, like, if you don't, if you say, you know, get us to the Champions League or you're fired, of course (laughs) not. But if you give them a three-year deal and you say, this is your team. Yeah. You know, this use this year to figure out what you want. I think that's better than any. That's better than like. Well, you you don't know who what other managers. Those are the two big ones that are out there. But they they may be looking at other jobs that arguably are better. I'm thinking if there, you get rid of not a better job open right. There's not yeah. a better. I'm sorry. There's not a better job open right now. You have at least for the rest of this year. You have you're probably going to have Neymar, Barat, uh, Mbappe, Verratti, uh, Kimpembe, uh, Marquinhos. It's a good. It's still a good team. It's still yeah. one of the best teams in Europe. It's just been run into the ground by exhaustion and mountain and uh, what's the word by <laughs> you know just utter lack of maintenance and yeah. care why like, not why not bring in a player like or not a player but a manager like uh tiago mata as a trial for this season and see how the players react to them and and then if it doesn't work out at the end of the season say goodbye bring in a big name manager that more experienced but why not use this time mata as a trial see what happens i wouldn't be against it yeah that's i mean so those are the i mean mata Allegri, Pochettino, those are the, the names floating around. Um, I kind of joked with on the other podcast with Jonathan Johnson. I was like, maybe Thierry Henry, he could uh, rip these guys a new one. I don't know if you saw the video of him berating the uh, Montreal Impact players. <laughs> so maybe... no, I, I, I don't think that'll work. I'm no. not sure that's what they... They don't need that. And I don't think Mata would be that kind of guy either. I think Mata would be more laid back, but yeah. also I think he'd understand sort of how to take tactical risks. Yeah. So... 
we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the Champions League, I mean, PSG are in third place. They're on three points um, with that win over Basakshi here. Hopefully we're saying that correctly. You know, and they've lost against Manchester United and Leipzig. Pretty much any halfway decent team this season, Marseille included, um, they've lost. They lost to them this season, and it's not okay. It's not acceptable for a team of this stature. So now they play a game against Leipzig. They've got a game against Manchester United, two very tough games, and then they... Hey, that's my dog. And then you've got the, the Istanbul Basakshi here again, um, which, okay, maybe you give yourself three points there, but um, Manchester United thought that too, and they lost. So this game coming up against Leipzig, I'm pulling up the fixtures here, um, on November 24th, that's going to be, uh, was it a week and a half, two weeks um, after the international break, we're probably going to have a whole slew of new injuries. I mean, that is an absolute, as you said, must win. You lose that you are Europa League bound, and then Mbappe's not going to resign with you, and, and Neymar's not going to sign an extension. I mean, that game has so many implications to it, and we've said that last season with Dortmund in that return match, and they showed up. Do you have any faith that this team is going to be able to show up for this game? No, but I had no faith against them. I had no faith in them for the second leg against Dortmund, and they proved me wrong. So... You know, I'm not going to do, you know, say 2% chance like I did back then. But I just don't have, I, I'm sorry, I, where is the faith? You can, you can blindly believe that they'll do it and maybe they come together. I don't know. Maybe it's like a remember the Titans moment or something where, they, you know, they, they all come together and win the big game for, you know, for the guy that just got in the car crash. I think that's how that went. <laughs> they, they, but, are, they are backing the players. There was a report, you know, they're backing Tuchel. They, at least publicly, they're saying they support him. So What the hell else are they going to say? <laughs> this guy just I mean, Danilo him. said it, you know, not said it, but didn't say it. When he said, I'm not a center back. Like, he said it and didn't say it. You saw Marquinhos walking off the field after the loss. To that point with like, Pereira, that, the, the Portugal national team manager even said that he's not a center back. So... There's issues there with Tuchel playing him as a center back. It's utterly absurd. Yes, you're right. It is utterly. It is. It's it's comical. Uh, speaking of comical, just want to touch on the story about ten players, PSG players, getting stuck in an elevator, as if this whole season wasn't tragically comical already. And then our players are getting stuck. In, I mean. It, it, People who don't like PSG already call it like a meme club and everything else, but like they go out of their way to like confirm what people think that they, you know, don't care about winning. They're just there for money and then they get stuck in the elevators. Man, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do with this team. They're not even like fun to watch anymore. It's very bland. We already talked about how they don't cross the ball or anything and it's just like, you know, hero ball and it's just so frustrating. Hopefully they can show up against Leipzig. If they don't win against Leipzig, we got what Europa League football to look forward to. Great, maybe we'll play Arsenal or something in the final. Um, it, it's just it's just not going to be fun. But we do before we get to that game. We do play Red. They're not going to have Kamavinga, uh, but we're not going to have seven players, including Mbappe and Neymar. Um, I, I could see us losing that game. What about you? I could absolutely see us. We always struggle against Red. No, Red's going to kick our ass. <laughs> it's gonna be an ass whooping. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an ass whooping, and it, it it'll be deserved. And you know what? Maybe after that ass whooping, they'll let him go. I don't know, but it, it, this is unsustainable. I'm sorry. This is this is not how big clubs act. Big clubs don't act timidly. No. Like, and I'll give you the perfect the perfect example is Arsenal. 
it's the perfect, perfect example of what can happen when you hang on for too long. And they hung on comically long. Like, I don't think PSG are in that boat, obviously. But when it was clear that Arsene Wenger was in decline, when it was clear that his methods were in decline. He got him to the Champions League final, just like Tuchel, didn't win it, and then it was all downhill from there. But they allowed him to go maybe five years too long just because they were finishing second and they were getting to the Champions League. And it was disguising. But that's the perfect example of how a team can go from, you know, top tier, big club in the world, top five club in the world with, you know, Patrick Vieira and Thierry Henry and all these, you know, all these great players. And it can turn into a joke. And, you know, Mikel Arteta is starting to get them back to where they were a little bit, but that's going to take them years. to. It's going to take Arsenal years to get back to being what they were, if they ever get back. And Manchester United have sort of done it in a similar way by keeping around Ed Woodward for all those years. The longer you tolerate mediocrity, Mm. and this is a rough business. Like, this is not a... Uh, this is not a business for people who are forgiving and thoughtful and, you know, patient. This is not what this is. Yeah, you don't put down and roots when, as a manager if you go to a new city because you you got three years at most to do something major and then they'll kick you out the door. This is not a place. If you're uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich doesn't, you know, Bayern Munich doesn't hold on to a coach. You know, because of anything, you know, if they see the coach getting bad, they fire him and they get another one. Like, this isn't, you know, they they gave Nico Kovac, what, a year and a half? And then they fired him. And then they brought in a guy that was better. And the better guy got more out of the players. You know, this is, this is not complicated, you know. Yeah. This is, when you're at a big club, when you're, when you're, the, when you're the caretaker of a big major club, you have to get results. And when you see the results going in one direction negatively, I'm sorry, that guy can't just hang around and try to, you can't wait for him to figure it out because chances are he won't figure it out. And at that point, what the hell do you do? I mean, this is, this is a club with these kind the two of the top five players in the world. You cannot be struggling like this and be the laughing stock and losing to Leipzig and getting two players sent off. It's just terrible. Let me ask you real quick. Laurent Blanc, he's out there, right? Would you bring him back for stability uh, for the rest of the season? No, I don't think Laurent Blanc would I, – I don't think Laurent Blanc's interested in being a coach anymore. Okay. Right. Like he, he's had four years to get a job and he hasn't. So at what point do you just say he doesn't want to coach anymore? Yeah, it's – um. I just thought his remember, name popped up. Yeah. him. I think they gave him like a two or three year extension before, like immediately before they fired him. So like for years, he was just sitting at home collecting those PSG checks. Living the dream. It's kind of like Julian Draxler. Which is why they're hesitant to fire Tuchel. But you know what? You're, you're a lot of money's at stake here. Millions of dollars in champions league money is at stake right now. Yeah. So what is $10 million severance pay when you're going to lose 70 million in champions league bonuses? 
This is my like this is my uh, college football reference of the podcast, but it's kind of like SEC football. Like how many schools, Tennessee included, are are paying coaches <laughs> that are that you know having coached in a place for like five six years and they're still collecting checks. It's like it's very SEC football like. But yeah, I digress on that one. <laughs> yeah, we're playing Laurent, paying Laurent Blanc. We're going to be playing paying Tuchel. Um, PSG just cutting those checks for people. Bobby Bonilla, he's, he's the one who gets checks for like 30 years now or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, I know PSG have a lot of money, but you just can't be paying coaches that haven't been there for so many years. I mean, it's just, it gets crazy at some point. You got to find someone that knows what they're doing. And I like Allegri. We were talking in the uh, the PSG talk uh, Discord and people seem to like Pochettino. They're leaning towards them. I'm, I'm more on the Tiago Malta. I just think it makes the most sense. Just try him out for this year and see what happens. I know it, things didn't go well at Genoa, but give him a try and see what happens. But um, it's going to be tricky. So you, you think Ren are going to whoop our butts? Uh, I I think it's going to be close, but I, I, I don't favor us at all, especially with all the players out. Then after the international break, we've got Monaco. Got to go to Monaco. Don't love our chances there, especially after the break. Probably a slew of new injuries, and then, then we welcome Leipzig in a must-win crucial match. Who knows if Tuchel will be there or not? Nobody knows. Um, but it's uh, it's not fun being a, a PSG supporter right now. It's it's everything is doom and gloom with from injuries to Tuchel situation to the results on the pitch. It's just not fun. It's not fun. We mentioned Arsenal earlier. It's like you know, I'm sure this is how they felt for the, I don't know how many years. Maybe Manchester United as well. Um, it, it's just not a good feeling. So, anything positive to look forward to? I guess the players did get out of the elevator. That's that's a plus. Well, yeah, they didn't die, so that's that's good. Um, no, there are no po- until two leaves. There are no positives. Moisey Keen, he he's it's the dark, only positive we have right now. It's, it's, a, it's a dark cloud that that hangs over the club right now because it's just it's just this moody, dour German man <laughs> that you know is doing his Hamlet. You know, with the, yeah. with the arm out and the skull, like I am not to blame for the problems. Marquinhos is a midfielder, everybody. You would be stupid to think otherwise. And I definitely have the confidence of everyone here. I'm not worried about being fired. No, I'm not worried at all. You know, I'm t- I'm done with that. I just want I'm done with I'm done with him. I'm sorry. I'm just done. Like I, I'm tired of this moody bullshit. I, it's just I'm done with it. Like, don't be when you're losing matches. Don't be combative with the media. Like, take your responsibility. Take your blame and stop trying to pretend like you're smarter than everybody else when you're not. And that's why I forget. It. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot at Dortmund. He did, but he was do and he was on a good track. But then you know what? He pissed everybody off. Yeah. Pretty much because of the same stuff he's doing now. It just took longer to, to show up. Well, he he didn't win anything, I guess is what I'm saying. I know that league is difficult with Bayern Munich, but it's not like he did anything major. You know, he's kind of like this name that people have hyped up. And, you know, he did get us to a Champions League final. But let's not forget that was after a long layoff and a neutral venue with one game playoff. And there were so many circumstances that led to PSG being able to get to the final. Take nothing away from the accomplishment, but... You also, I mean, it does have a little bit of an asterisk. Even if they beat Bayern Munich, it would still have an asterisk that it wasn't a typical Champions League. So his major accomplishment has an asterisk. So let's keep that in mind. And what else has he done? You know, I mean, 
he hasn't won every domestic cup since he's been here. He's he's fought with Mbappe on the sideline. You've mentioned he's been moody. Leonardo doesn't care for him. He's not his own guy. The only thing I can think about is the the Qataris. Uh, they they're the ones who picked Tuchel. They liked him, and so maybe that's the power struggle where Leonardo wants to get rid of him, but QSI doesn't want to get rid of him. I don't know what the the dynamics there are. Maybe Tuchel's been told after the group stage you're gone, no matter what happens, and we're going to bring in a new guy. So. It's hard to tell what's going on. I talked to Jonathan Johnson uh, for CBS Sports, and he he didn't really know any insider t- information as far as that goes when they're going to let him go. But he definitely alluded to he's the players seem disinterested. They're not listening to him, and he definitely confirmed that Leonardo and, and Tuchel don't see eye to eye. And for any football club to have your sporting director and your manager not see eye to eye, you're just asking for poor results. You're just asking for it. And so I don't know when you make the change, but I have to imagine that come the new year, PSG will have a new manager. That's my prediction. Who it is, I don't know. I think Mata is the the most likely uh, candidate. Um, Unfortunately, he may be steering PSG through the Europa League. And uh, just a couple months ago, being in the Champions League final, it's kind of that's a tough pill to swallow that your team is going to be dropping down to the Europa League. I don't think anybody imagined that. So, with that uplifting end to this podcast, we we did put out a call for questions, and uh, I was just looking through most of them. We've already answered. Um, I give one person a shout out at eleven. Rilo said, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> and uh, we don't know what the fuck is going on. It's it's a shit show. I think that's probably going to be the name of the podcast. Mark, you got anything else? No, it just... <laughs> I I want to be, you know, I, I feel like I'm being negative more than most. And I, I feel people's pain because I think people thought that making that Champions League final was all of a sudden going to fix all of the problems and that PSG had, you know, and I even thought this too. I think they, I thought they'd figured some things out. And I think whether it be due to fatigue, whether it be just due to the malpractice of a manager that we have, there wasn't an ability to capitalize on it. And that was what they needed to do. They needed to capitalize on it and they needed to do it with confidence and it just feels like it just feels like they haven't i feel like it's a a wasted opportunity and if they can't find a way to bring this all back and win these matches when they have to it's just the, the things that had to be done over the summer tiago silva had to go they couldn't pay that salary anymore and he's doing amazing at chelsea which is like totally not what I predicted at all. I thought he would look really bad in that league, but he's he's bossed it. I mean, shout out to Thiago Silva. But you're right, we couldn't pay that. We couldn't. You, you couldn't pay that. You couldn't pay that money. You just it would be really hard, and it would hamstring you even more. And again, not to get back into this, but Leonardo expected Marquinhos to be. He he expected Marquinhos and Kimpembe to be his star mid star center backs. That was the plan, and then Tuchel just took a big old dump on it. Like, what do you what do you do with that? Like, if I'm the sporting director and I build the team essentially to have those two be the starting center backs, and then your coach just says no, 
nothing the, nothing the sporting director can do there, you know? No, but, I yeah, agree. It's, just, it's almost like you're tired talking about it because you can just keep repeating yourself and it just feels like... I know I, I'm, after our podcast, I'm going to record with uh, the PSG Talking crew and I, I think of all of us, Guillaume is the one that's still hanging on to Tuchel. He's the tie of the group, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, he's still optimistic about Tuchel and the team and but I don't know, maybe after the Leipzig, he's come back down to earth with the rest of us and is realizing that this team needs a major shakeup. They've got the players, once healthy, um, to, to go on a run to beat these teams. Manchester United is nothing special. Leipzig's nothing special. We should beat these teams, if healthy, with a competent manager, with the right mindset. Absolutely. But that's not what we've got right now. We've got chaos. So hopefully, like the, the U.S. election, we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully with PSG, we'll, we'll start to see some of the light at the tunnel for us as well. So with that, I think that's all we got. You can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at PSG Talk. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. Mark, how can people message you if they want to reach out? Well, they can find me at MarkDamon9. So, you know, send your, send your hate tweets there, I guess. There you go. And, and we, we talked about the Leipzig game. And occasionally I'll hop on Periscope and do like a halftime, full-time thoughts. And I think since that game is so crucial, I may try to do that. If my schedule allows for it. I might hop on Periscope. So if you use that, um, you can follow me there or just follow me on Twitter. And I'll send out the link once I start broadcasting. So look forward to that. All right, Mark, let's get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Au revoir for now. <laughs>